Good afternoon. Uh, it's a pleasure to stand in front of you sharing the word of God. Uh, let's give a round of applause to our band. They are amazing. Thank you so much for an awesome, awesome present worship. You led us into the presence of God. Yeah, I was just uh, saying when Carlos was saying, what would you say if Jesus was here? I was saying, uh, it's not if, he's here because you brought him here. Yeah, if you are here, Jesus is here because he is in you. So, today is going to be an amazing day. I'd like to thank Pastor John for giving me this opportunity to share the word of God. Uh, my name is Emmanuel Ndebele. I'm from uh, Zimbabwe, those who don't know. Uh, Zimbabwe is uh, some down south uh, in Africa. <laughs> so it's amazing to stand in front of you and share the word of God. Uh, God has blessed me with a beautiful wife. Uh, and uh, a beautiful daughter. It's my pleasure to have you around. Uh, thank you so much. Right. As I was, uh, as I finished bathing, uh, about to come to church, I saw my daughter on the iPad and I ran, <laughs> saying, oh my God, and for real, the message was deleted. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? And I'm just finishing bathing to come to church. But I said, anyway, thank God, these, these things you can recover, whatever is deleted. So I, I got to learn about it, that you can actually go and look for deleted stuff. So thank God we are here. And the message is here. <laughs> All right. Uh, turn with me your Bibles. I'm not going to turn mine because I have this one, but turn yours to uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. If you are there, you can say amen. I'm not going to be long here. I'm not a very long sermon speaker. I just come and uh, stress one, two, three points and go straight to the point. But what I hope that at the end of my message, uh, what I'm going to be sharing with you will transform your life and change your life because we are here to edify each other and uh, change each other's lives. Okay. Romans chapter 1 verses 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation, to everyone who believes, for the Jews first and also for the Greeks. Let me just make a disclaimer before I start preaching. Uh, the power of God is not in the sound of the, uh, the voice, so I might take it a little bit higher, but that doesn't bring more power. The power is not in the sound, it's in the word. So even if I go higher and uh, go lower, the power of God still remains the same. The power is in the word. But don't be shocked by how I express myself. Sometimes I do it with uh, vigor and with power. 
Uh, it doesn't really necessarily mean that I'm trying to scare any demons out. They are not scared of what I do. They are scared of the word of God. Okay. So, if the Bible that you have is yours, you can underline the word gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Even if it's not yours, you can still underline. And you can underline the word power. And you can underline the word salvation. And we can leave that scripture. Let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is saved. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. In the 1500s, there was a man called Martin Luther who began to resist the, the teaching of the Catholic Church. I'm not against the Catholic Church, but uh, this man began to resist the teaching that the church was giving at that time. And he got hold of this revelation that is in Romans chapter 3, verse 28, that a man is saved by faith, not by the deeds of the law. It was a new wrinkle in other people's minds. It was something that the church had never had. That you are telling us that we, for, we live the, the Jewish customs, the Jewish laws, whatever we have been following, and we just put our faith in this man, and everything is okay. So it was something that the church had never had. That, what are you saying? That, so, uh, the Pope of that time, Pope Leo, just excommunicated this guy and say, you know what? You are no longer part of us. Or else make a disclaimer to say uh, it's not true. And I feel that the church is in almost the same predicament at this juncture. We are in the same time, like the same time that Martin Luther was in. Uh, I know some of you might be saying, Martin Luther, he was just here. No, I'm not talking of the I have a dream Martin Luther. I'm talking of another Martin Luther from the 1500s. Yeah. So, the ch right now, uh, the church is in another, what I can call a, a, a dispensation that they, they are saying, what are you saying? You are just saying we believe in this man and everything is done. But right now, it has come from another angle. They don't have a problem when you say you are saved by grace. They don't have a problem with that. But they, they start to have a problem when you tell them that you live by grace. Uh, they will tell you, you know what? What are you saying? You, you are saying that I can go ahead and sin and nothing happens to me? You are saying I can, uh, whatever happens, I'm saved. It doesn't matter. They, they have a problem now. Because now, man, you know, is, has got a tendency of becoming dependent on himself. Independence. Man wants to do something. The, man wants to end it. Man wants to deserve it, but yet it's, it's free. 
So people are not used to free things. They want to pay for everything that they get. People are not used to gifts. But the grace of God is a gift. And it's for free. So when, when it comes like that, it begins to gobble other people's minds to say, you know what, this is heretic. What you are preaching is a heresy. What are you telling us that we, we are just, it's, it's just like that, it's done. That's what we are saying. And for, yes, that's what we are saying. So if you want a revival or any reformation, first you have to acknowledge your, your dependence. You have to know that you are not independent, but you are dependent. If you think you can do it by yourself, well, try. Uh, but I know that Christ came because we couldn't do it. So all we need now to do is to put our trust and our faith in him. We need to trust that he has done it for us. And we put our trust in him and it is done. So as I told you, I'm not going to be long, but we know that it's going to be amazing. So men tries to fabricate a relationship with God by their actions. They tell you that, you know what, when you come to church, yes, for the initial born-again experience, there is nothing you need to do. You just need to believe. But for your walk with Christ, brother, you need to fast. Brother, you need to tithe. Brother, you need to give your offerings. You need to do this you need to follow this law. You need to do this in order for you to earn what God has given you freely. So, people, because it sounds so, you know, it sounds so practical from the system that we are living in. The system that we are living in, there is no one who will give you anything for free. So, it sounds so realistic that you know what so if I do this and I do that and I do this and I do this so then God will love me God loves you despite of what you do God loves you he's not interested in your in what you do he's interested in your faith in what he has done So, you, men cannot, Romans chapter 5 verse 17 talks about the righteousness being a gift that God gives us his righteousness as a gift. We don't have to have that right standing uh, that we, we, we fabricate or that we make by ourselves. Right standing is imputed on us, is given to us by our relationship. With, with God. Amen. Amen. The other problem the church is having is like what I told you. They don't have a problem when it comes, you know, so it, it becomes very dangerous because they're saying, no, 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 we believe in the grace. We understand the grace. It's nothing but what Christ has done. But they, again, turn. 
Then they say, but brother, this, you need to do what Jesus did. Jesus set an example for us. He came to be an example. No, Jesus did not come to be an example. He came to do what you cannot do. So if you are trying to do what Jesus did, you cannot do it. That's why he came to do it for you. So you just believe in what he did. I know, I know already I'm already uh, gobbling other people's minds. There. I, I, I'm dealing with that religious mind. Uh, I, I, it's okay. If it's your first time, I'm sorry you came on a wrong day. <laughs> but it's okay. So the problem is people are, are, are beginning to mix two covenants that are not supposed to be mixed. You are taking the old, I did not say testaments, hear me well, I said confidence. We, we, we believe in both the old and the new testament, but there are two confidence that are here. The old and the new. The, the, these two don't, don't need to be mixed. You know, it's better for you to take poison, knowing that you're taking poison, than if someone puts poison in water and you drink poison, thinking that you're drinking water. It's dangerous. Because a person in his normal senses will never take poison because they know it's poison. But a person in his normal senses might take water that has been poisoned and drink it. So the church is actually poisoning water. Because they're saying, oh, you, you can be saved by grace, but you need to do this. You know, Jesus was asked one question at one time, Mark chapter 2, I think from verse 20 or 21, I'm not sure. But he was asked a question, why are your disciples not, not fasting? He's first said, ah, because the bride is with them. But all of a sudden, he turned and he said, you cannot put old wine, you cannot mix old wine and new wine. You cannot put new wine in old wine skin. He said the danger is you lose both. Because if you take old wine and you, you put it in, uh, if you take new wine and you put it in old wine skin, old, old wine skins cannot contain new wine. So what, what we are doing now, uh, the things that are in the old covenant cannot be contained in the new covenant. The new covenant is, is something different, totally different from the old covenant. Uh, if you were here last week, Pastor Neil talked about something that I've never heard, the, the, kings, the kingsmen agreement, whereby there are two equals. So, in the old covenant, there were two equals. The children of Israel were saying to God, give us whatever you, bring it on, we'll do it. So that's why Christ came to, to do it for you. He came and he did it for you. So all you need now is to believe what he has done. All right. Are we good so far? Is it, is it uh, changing some of uh, the beliefs that you had? So what is happening with the church is they are pushing something that they are calling the gospel. Uh, did I give you the title of my message? Yes. 
It's okay. You can give your own if you want, but uh, uh, my message is called uh, the gospel of grace. That's, that's why what I'm calling my message. The, the church, they are pushing something that they are calling the gospel. Yet, it's, it's not the gospel. Because the word that they took the word gospel from is the word evangelio, which simply means good news or too good a news to be true. So that was, uh, that's, that's the simple definition of the gospel. It's too good a news to be true. Okay. So now the church will tell you, brother, if you sin, God does not love you. Is, 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 is it too good to be true? Uh, you know, let me, they, they, they try to, 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 to teach you the wrath of God. That God is angry at sinners. God does not love people who commit sin. Yes, God does not love sin. We are not saying God loves sin. But that's not good news. Good news is what Christ has done for us. That is the good news. So, if you try to scare people into believing Christ, those people might not be saved. If you came to Christ because you were told you are going to hell, maybe you might need to consider and be saved again. Because you might not have been saved because, why am I saying you might not have been saved? What does Romans 10.10 10 say? It says that you believe with your heart. It didn't talk about fear. You are not supposed to be afraid. You are supposed to believe. And you confess the lordship of Jesus. Then you are saved. This is what gets you saved. It's believing in your heart and confessing the lordship. It's not the fear of going to hell. If what brought you to Christ is the fear of hell, uh, Really, you might need to consider again. But it's okay. <laughs> we are under grace. <laughs> uh, because I'm sure messages like this will come to you one day or the other. Then you realize that uh, Christ loves you. And Christ is there to save you. His mission when he came here, it was... For, for, for him to do what you could not do. Amen. So what the church is pushing is the wrath of God, the wages of sin. You know, it's true that there is a heaven and there is a hell. And it's true that if you don't believe in Jesus, you will go to hell. It's true, but that's not the good news. The good news is what Christ came to do. The good news is that you are saved not from your actions or your deeds or following the law, but you are saved by putting your faith in Christ. So if you are preaching like this, the church wants to excommunicate you. If you are saying things like this, the church is not really happy because you have closed their door for tithe, tithe because now when you give we, you don't give because you're under compulsion, but you give be, from your free heart. 
you give freely, not because you are trying to earn something from God. No, you don't earn anything. Your tithe does not do anything to God. It doesn't edify God. You cannot earn salvation by what you do. Salvation is a free gift. Okay. I'm almost finished. Let me go. Uh, another word that has become a religious cliche is the word salvation. Salvation by itself. People don't really understand it. They take it to be, yes, it's, it's, it's the initial born again experience whereby you, because that experience has to be there. The initial born again experience whereby you move from light, from darkness to light. That is part of salvation. And that, uh, but salvation is, is a package. It's not a one, it's not just you're saved from sin. That's it. It's a, comp, it's a package. It's like the package that you get at work. Your package might, let's say you're a manager. Then they'll say it comes with parking, it comes with uh, school fees for the kids, it comes with insurance, it comes with this. Yes, that's the, so the, 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 manage, the management position comes as a package with all these things. That's what salvation is. Salvation is not only being saved from sin, it also means healing. It also means deliverance from uh, any demonic oppression, any, yeah. And it also means prosperity. And those things, when you get saved, they come with. They come with the salvation. You are not trying to end those things. You are not trying to be prosperous. They come as a package. So when you are saved, Prosperity, healing, deliverance comes with. Okay, so you are not trying to get prosperous. You are not trying to be delivered, but they come as a package. So it's a full package. But, I yeah, you know, you might say, but it's not working. Why? I'll help you. Uh, why it's not working? All right. So grace positions us into a, 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 a position of authority. When Israel used to, to go to war, there is a place that they used to call Masada. Masada was a, a fortress, which was, uh, up to now, if you go to Israel, this place is still there. It was a, a fortress which was uh, about 400 meters above sea level. So what they would do, uh, this is where you get uh, this scripture, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, which says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. They that run to it are safe. This is where they derive this, uh, because it was that tower, that Masada, that when you are in that position, you are safe. Because what it does, it elevated you into a, an elevated position, and your enemy is coming from down. So now when your enemy is coming, there are things that are working against your enemy, even if he, when he strikes his arrow towards you, 
the, the force of gravity is working. And, and you can see the enemy from where you are that, oh, there he comes. So that position, that Masada position, was when the children of Israel were under attack, they would go into that position and they would fight their enemy from the position of victory from that Masada position. So that's where grace places you. It says, because the Bible says uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 that you are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. So you are in a position where you are seated with Christ in a position where when you look at your enemy, you see your enemy from a position of victory. You see your enemy from a position where you are more than a conqueror. So now when your enemy tries to attack you, you are in heavenly places. That's why he had to say far above principalities and dominion and authorities because now whatever tries to attack your life, you are far above it. Because grace has positioned you in the position of authority and the position of power. So if you are in that position, there is nothing that can attack your life that will conquer you because you are more than a conqueror. Because you are already seated. Ah, we are not in the, in the business of trying to send you to heaven. You are already in heaven. The church has made us to, to, to be trying to go to heaven that I, one day, one day. No, the decision of going to heaven is made by you here. It's not made anywhere else. You make the decision if you are going to heaven or not by believing in what the Son of God has done. That's the only decision that takes you to heaven. It's not what you do. It's what he has done that takes you into heaven. Did, did I read Ephesians chapter 2? I've already explained it. Okay. And grace is accessed by faith. We, let's read a scripture before I, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. This is one to five. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, is found according to the flesh? If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. But not before God, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. I'll, I'll just stop there for, for, for a while. So, Abraham had a messed up life. Abraham was, was a liar. He used to lie about his wife being his sister. Yeah, technically they were brother and sister, but he used to lie about it. That this is not my wife, my sister. So, 
you, you cannot tell me that the, he was a, a perfect man. But it was accounted to him for righteousness, for believing in God. Uh, Abraham could not wait for the promise. He could not wait for what God has said. God had promised him something and he could not wait. He took Sarah and tried to make the promise for himself. But God still, when he continued to believe, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So what made Abraham to be righteous is what it was his faith in the one that he had promised. It was not what he was doing. It was Abraham's faith in the one that promised. So this is the same thing with us. For us to access things by grace, we have to put our faith in the one that has given us the grace. The giver of grace, we have to put our faith in the one that has given us that grace. Because Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. But what I see as the enemy's biggest weapon, the enemy's biggest weapon is trying to make you deserved. Trying to make you earn it. Let's uh, now look at uh, the same, same chapter, same scripture, Romans chapter 4. Let's look at uh, verse 4. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as a debt. If, if you go to work, if they don't give you a salary, they owe you money. Because you have worked for it. So if you think what you do can save you or can make you deserve the grace of God, or can make you deserve what God gives you, then God owes it to you. It's not about what you do, it's about what he has done. That has to come into your mind clearly that it's not about me. You know, the church has, has uh, tried to be a behavior modification center whereby they try to change you. They try to modify your behavior. We are not here to try to modify your behavior. No. We are here to show you your nature. The moment you realize your nature, a mango tree will never produce oranges. Never. So what makes you not to, to, to begin to produce what is not in you? You don't know who you are. You don't know your nature. So, if, so now we are, we are just here to... Let me not go ahead of myself. Let me stick with my notes. Because uh, this, what I'm saying, saying now is in my head, in my notes. Okay. So, yes, like I was saying, a mango tree will never produce oranges. A mango tree will always produce mangoes. So, you, you have to know your nature. You have to know your identity. You have to know that, you know what, I'm seated in a position of authority. So, if sickness comes your way, 
then you know that you know what? By his stripes, I am healed. The problem is some, some of us, we are very carnal. When I say carnal is you are controlled by what you feel, hear, taste, smell, and see. That's, that's all. When we say carnal, we are not saying, yeah, because you see. No, no, no. We are saying you are controlled by what you see, hear, smell, taste, and see. So if that is what's controlling you, it becomes a problem because you don't know your nature. That you are not supposed to be controlled by what you see, but you are supposed to be controlled by your, your real nature. And your real nature is the spirit of God that is in you. You know what happens when you, when you receive Christ? Your spirit and the spirit of God, they become one. So you and God are one. So whatever the word says about you is the truth. Everything else, they affect. But they don't, you know, yes, you might be saying, no, 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 no. You, you don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the pain. That's what I'm saying. You are controlled by what you are feeling. It, it's their feelings. But you, you should know your nature. So that's what we are here to, to, to try and uh, knock into, into your head that you know what? Now that you are in Christ, you are righteous. You are holy. You are not trying to be holy. You are not trying to be delivered. You are not trying to be healed. You are not trying to be prosperous. You are prosperous. You are holy. You are delivered. You are righteous. These things you are not trying. The problem is the church, because of, of the environment, because of uh, the circumstances, because we, we are carnal people, we, we tend to want to say, you know what, yeah, but, you know, yes, I know that's what the word says, but, yeah, this is, this is a, the real situation. The real situation is, I don't have the money. That's the real situation. No, the real situation is what the word of God says. That's the real situation. What the word, word of God says about you, that, and you have to believe it. So, what makes it to be effective is you believing it. Okay. So, the enemy tries to make you not believe what the word of God says. Amen. So, what makes us not to be fruitful is... We, for, we are forgetful. Okay. Let, uh, let me read a scripture. Uh, I'm almost finished. Second uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 5 to, to 9. I think after two scriptures, present, uh, the worship team, you can uh, prepare come in front because I'm really almost finished. Uh, let's read Second Peter. But also for this reason, give all diligence 
and add, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you you will neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge. So if you have these things, you will never be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he who lacks these things is short-sighted. You know, now I want to show you the real problem. The real problem is not lacking these things. This is where the problem is now. Here, where I'm reading, this is where the problem is. He who lacks these things is short-sighted. Even unto blindness. And he has forgotten. He has what? He has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So the real problem, what makes you to, to lack these things? is you have forgotten. So it's forgetfulness. It's not that you don't have these things. The, the problem is the church has been preaching us to try to have these things. No, you have these things. You have brotherly kindness in you. You have self-control. You have all these things. But the, the, the real problem is here. What he's saying is you forget that you have those things. So if you forget now, you begin to behave in a way that is not correct because you are forgetful. You, these things now, they, they begin not to show in your life because you are forgetful. You are forgetting what, what uh, God has done in your life. So if you are forgetful, we cannot witness brotherly kindness out of you. That's when we begin to see uh, sin creeping out of your life. Because you are forgetful that you have already been cleansed. You are clean. So, when you are clean, you don't need to go play in the mud again. You are already clean. So, that's the reason why we come here every, every Sunday. We are not coming here to entertain each other. We are coming here to remind you of who you are. Let me read now what I would say in my last scripture. Last one? Maybe one more. <laughs> James chapter 1, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his nature in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets. You see where the problem is? Immediately he forgets. Immediately he forgets what kind of man he is. So now what we are doing here is like I'm, I'm holding a mirror and showing you. So this is the mirror and I'm showing you this is who you are. You are already righteous. You are already holy. You are already forgiven. You are already holy. So I'm, I'm now reminding you who you are. I'm coming with the word and reminding you that you know what? It's not what you are doing. 
What you are doing is because you have forgotten who you are. Your actions are being caused by you forgetting who you are. So I'm like a person who's holding a mirror to you to say, look, this is how you look like, Sam. Look, this is how you look like. Look, this is how you look like. You should not forget who you look like because this is the mirror that shows you who you are. You are not trying. That's, that's where we want to, to deal with that. You are not trying these things. You are already holy. You are already righteous. You are already perfect. You are already as, as he is, so are you. So, let us not forget that. So, that's why we come here every, every Friday. That's why we come here. We are not coming here to just, because we know some, we might not be having the time to, to remind ourselves at home. So, we come here and we start reminding each other that this is who you are. So, in conclusion... Okay, let me read. For this is the reason, first, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2, to verse 12, sorry. For this is the reason, I will not neglect reminding you always these things. Though you know, though you know and are established in the present truth. So, we'll, that's why we come here. We'll not, we'll not stop reminding you. We'll keep reminding you every Friday that this is who you are. Yes, you might be behaving besides yourself, but when you come here, we remind you that, you know what, we are not trying to change your behavior. You are already transformed. You are already changed. You are already new. You are a new creation. You are a brand new person. The old has gone and the new has come. You are not, you are not what the word of, you are not what the world might be seeing about you you are what the word of God says about you. You are, who the, you are who Christ says you are. You are what the word of God says you are. So, as, as we come every, every Friday, we are just reminding each other of what God has done for us. I gave you three words to underline. So, now that I have explained to you what is the gospel, so here Paul was saying, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ. For it is the power. What, what is the power of that good news? It is that a man is saved. Besides him following the law, besides the deeds of the law. But by grace. So, what he was saying, he's saying, I'm not ashamed of that gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel that a man is saved besides following the law unto healing, which is now the salvation that I told you to underline, unto deliverance, unto prosperity, unto everything. When you believe in Christ, these things are in you. So, he, Paul was saying, in his day, just remember, he was living immediately after 1,500 years of following this law. So it was something that was shameful for a man to say, 
We don't need to follow the Jewish law. But he's saying, I'm not ashamed of it because I know this is the power. You don't need to follow the law, but what you need is to know what Christ has done for you by grace. It is in Christ, it's not in you. It is in what Christ has done. So I'm saying, if there's anyone sick in this room, just know that you are already healed. So I'm declaring healing. If you are sick, I speak healing. I declare healing. If you are, if you are lacking in your life, by his grace you are already prosperous. And I speak prosperity. If there is deliverance that needs to be done in your life, because you have put your faith in Jesus, I speak you are delivered. I speak you are healed. I speak life into you. That the life of God is in you. You have life in you and you have it in abundance. We speak. We can stand to our feet. We can stand to our feet. Jesus came to save us. And it is only through by what he has done on the cross. And you are, you are already seated in a position of authority. Any, any, any enemy that might want to attack you you can see them. You can see the enemies because you are already far above principalities, dominion, rules, and authority. So, what I'm saying this afternoon is if you're sick in your body, God heals you. The power is not in the preacher. The power is already resident in you. The power is not in the man in front. The power is already in you. It's a sad thing for you to die of a sickness when you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living in you. So you have that power. You have that power. You have that power. You have that power. And that power is in you. That power is in you. That power is Jesus. And you just have to put your faith in what he has done. So worship team, you can just... Go ahead and sing and give us a song as we thank God for his word, for what he has done for us by grace. It is not what we do, it is what he has done. You can go ahead and give us a song.